Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 49 of the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. This episode is for the month of November 2022. Thanks for so much for joining us. I'm Brian Reynolds, Vice President of Marketing of Episcopal Retirement Services, and I'm here with Kristen Davenport, our Director of Communications. How are you, Kristen? Oh, I'm doing great, Brian. It's so good to be back on this podcast and uh, getting close to the uh, end of the year here in November and uh, just thinking about all the things we're going to still accomplish this year. And uh, uh, it's just going to be a great conversation today. Yeah, love the holidays. So we're, we're rounding the corner, as, as you said. Yes, yes. So the Linkage podcast is dedicated to educating our audience about issues regarding aging, informing people about the mission of ERS and how that comes to life in our everyday interactions with our residents, clients, families, and our staff members. So Kristen, you want to tell us about our show coming up today? Yeah, Brian, I would think the theme of today's show might be positive aging. I know Mm -hmm. our president and CEO, Laura Lamb, spoke with you all about that topic and, uh, a recent presentation she gave down in our um, sister city, Louisville. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my conversation was with a resident at the manse, uh, Daryl Lumpkins. He's a guy that grew up on Chapel Street there uh, wow. when the manse was in its heyday. And um, he tells some great stories about seeing tour buses pull up and celebrities uh, mm-hmm. waving and how exciting that was for him and the other uh, young people in the neighborhood to, to have that excitement there. So um, it, it's just going to be a great podcast. We're going to have some great conversations. I love hearing those stories. So with that, you want to uh, introduce your first guest? Yes. Yeah, so Daryl Lumpkins, he's lived at the Mance for a couple of years now, and uh, he loves living there. And he was excited to be on the podcast with me today. So let's uh, have my conversation now with Daryl. Well, Daryl, hi. Hello, how are you today? I'm good. Thanks for being on the podcast with me today. Um, I, let's jump right into this. So when you and I met a few weeks ago, you told me that you lived on Chapel Street previous to living at the Mance Annex, just where you live right now. Just tell our listeners a little bit about that. What was that like to live here in the 60s? Well, in the 60s, uh, people was moving from the West End and uh, buying property here. We end up renting at 1020 Chapel Street, uh, a three-story building, and we lived on the third floor. Uh, my mom and three kids. Yeah. And Ironically, our cousins lived in the Cincinnati Federation building on the second floor, and they took care of the building there. Uh, so, and Walnut Hills was really thriving at that time. Uh, we had a drugstore oh. right across the street from 1020. Yeah. We had a bakery on the street. We had grocery stores uh, on the corner where the Dorn's uh, educational restaurant is R.C. Cola. Actually uh, bottled their sodas from there and dispersed them to the various uh, stores in Cincinnati. So it was really thriving. Of course, uh, the Cadillac place was here then, but it's much larger now. And uh, people in this area don't realize that Frederick Douglass Elementary School was on Chapel Street. Now they're on Park Avenue. 
uh, the school that's there now didn't exist at that time. And I had the opportunity of working at Douglas School after I got out of class in high school. And uh, there were no junior high schools here in the area, in okay. the Wall Hills area. So my seventh grade year, I had to go to Samuel Ock, which is over in Avondale, oh, wow. which is a pretty good walk. You walked over? Oh, wow. Yes, because as youngsters, we saved our change and stopped at the bakery and got donuts <laughs> in the morning before yeah. we got to school. Yeah. yeah and, or we would hitchhike. And people at that time were very nice. They would pick us up in the back of a pickup truck and drop us off close to school. Those were the days, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, there was so much going on here in Walnut Hills at the time. I mean, we had a fish market right around the corner on Lincoln. Uh, there was a florist shop. Mm -hmm. There was also a bakery, mm -hmm. a candy store. Um, there was a taxi cab, cab stand oh, yeah. where you just had walk right around the corner and get a taxi and go anywhere in Cincinnati. Right. And uh, as the years went on and stuff, people started to, to move farther out and mm -hmm. what they call the suburbs now. But Warner Hills is really where it all began. Yes. Uh, which is very nice. In high school, well, actually from Sam York, Sawyer Junior High School opened up. And so I went there the following year, which was a closer walk. Yes. That was eighth grade. And then from there, I went out to what later, later became Quarter Tech, but it was Central High School at the time. Oh. And we used to try to hitchhike out there to school, and that was pretty far distance. Yeah. But, you know, uh, it was so many things. Even, even with the kids back in those days, we had an older gentleman in the community, and uh, he loved kids. And so he started a baseball, little league baseball team for the kids in the community, and also a football team. Uh, my youngest brother uh, played on him, and I mean, he, the gentleman, I mean, he had a heart of gold. Oh, uh, yeah. Him. And it's so hard now, or, or difficult, for youngsters to get involved in something uh, other than, you know, just running around in the streets, uh, mm -hmm. unsupervised. Right. Like that. So, yeah. uh, that was a, a real blessing. And everybody Yeah, that's really community leadership right yeah. there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, I know that um, at that time, you mentioned that you even saw activity still happening at the Mance. Is that right? Correct. Correct. And one of the biggest things that we had as, as, as children, uh, this hotel uh, received a lot of um, individuals that were in the music business. Right. Um, this was a hotel that they stayed at because at that particular time, uh, there weren't too many hotels downtown or around town that catered to people of color. Right. And one of the biggest draws was James Brown. Mm -hmm. And uh, he would have his bus parked in front of the man's whenever he came to town because his recording studio was King's Records, yes. which is about four or five blocks from here on Brewster. And so as kids, we would run outside and, and wait to see him and, and we would holler and, and scream and stuff and he would wave back to us and stuff. And it was just exciting to know that we had somebody at that level 
actually coming in our community and uh, yeah, and based out, turn around and next thing you know, it was like a flowing hotel. You know, they had a restaurant, they had a bar, besides rooms and stuff. And so even if you lived in there, you just didn't have to come visit or rent a room. You can just come and enjoy the meals, yes. enjoy the music, and, and enjoy, you know, the beverages that they had. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, and that was another plus yes. and stuff. And like I said, uh, it was really something, never knew that it would turn into um, a facility for, for senior citizens right. and stuff. And so when I got wind of it, um, I mean, it was a blessing for me to be back in the old neighborhood in a, in a community that was so flourishing that, um, you know, it was, I was living downtown. Oh, okay. Yes. And I had 48 steps to climb up every day to get to my apartment. That's Here, I have two steps. <laughs> two that, steps. That's a, that's a bit of an improvement mm -hmm. for sure, yes. Right, right. And, I mean, the layout of, the, of this facility, the community and stuff, is, is beautiful. And a lot of activities goes on. There's always something to do. Yes. Uh, and it's always opportunity to meet new people. And I have met so many people that, you know, we speak. I uh, just talked to a couple of gentlemen out there, ran into him at a little jazz club last weekend. I looked nice. up and he was there and so was I, you yeah. know. And so it's just, I mean, everybody I've ran into is super nice, yes. or super nice. And that's the way any community should be. Uh, there should be no bad blood, uh, jealousy among each other. We're all of age now, living in the senior building, and um, thankful that we have a, a good roof over our head, a good community to work with, where we can live out our golden years yes. without any hassle. And, you know, um, I haven't any violent activities around the neighborhood, right. anything like that. So I feel very comfortable here. As it, as, as it should be. That's wonderful to hear. Well, you mentioned jazz club. So the, the night that you and I got to meet, we got to turn the community room into just a little bit of a jazz club for a night. And that was really wonderful. We welcomed Mandy Gaines um, to come and play for residents because then a couple days later, um, we had our gala jazz and at the manse um which mandy brought back her whole uh band and and it was really rocking down there that was really something what was it like for you to know that it music was, was back it was something i was telling my family and friends and stuff because i got quite a few and the, the i was just sitting up patting my feet yeah and patting on the table with the to go back and hear the music that my mom used to hear yeah. and stuff because in that era they were all into that jazz thing and yeah. they would have friends over and they would sing and play the music all night and it was just and I shared I shared that evening with so many friends and relatives yeah. of what a great time we had and how you know something like that actually took place in a community living type setting and you don't hear that right you don't hear that. You know, they might have a barbecue somewhere or, you know, a little slight picnic, but I mean, entertainment, entertainment where they bring it to you, that's unheard of. But it was beautiful. I can look forward to the next time. Yeah, let's get that on the calendar, right? Yeah, it was, it was a really special night. Um, 
you know, to know the music had returned to the manse and, and the history is so amazing. And uh, you mentioned James Brown, there's um, three beautiful paintings just down the hall. And boy, it was a debate between uh, Billy Holiday and James Brown. Um, we wanted to represent, you know, the wide range of folks that had stayed here. So Frank Robinson, um, the famous uh, Reds baseball player is one of those. Thurgood Marshall, um, Supreme Court Justice is the second one. And then the third one, it was a debate. Should it be Billy Holiday? Should it be James Brown? So we went with Billy Holiday, but he was right up there in the running. And uh, and that's somebody that you actually saw here. I think that's a, a real piece of history that you're able to witness for us, you know, that it's not just a, not just a story, but it's real. You know, it really happened. Absolutely. We need that. We Absolutely. need to hear that. Absolutely. And uh, I mean... And I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, that, like you said, is history. Um, we all should know our history. Yes. Uh, it's just, uh, just wonderful to know that uh, they opened up the doors for a lot of us, uh, you know, to be able to stay in places like this. Uh, the Episcopal Church as well, you know, took, saw the need and stepped forward and made it possible and stuff. And so a lot of us, that are residing here probably would be in various nursing homes or in you know the one room apartments or even on the street you know because i mean uh senior living is very difficult to find mm -hmm. and of course you have to meet a certain criteria financially and all the above mm -hmm. in order to even get in one mm -hmm. but uh it's community and it acts like a community and it is community yeah, I can't walk up and down the street or even come to the park without waving to somebody to somebody. And what really surprised me was the fact that how so many people knew my name after a few oh. days I was here. Yeah. Hi, Daryl. How you doing? Oh, yeah. that's so good. Yeah, so that makes you feel good, too. Feel part of something. It really does. Well, Daryl, thanks for joining me today. This has been a delightful conversation, and I really appreciate your time. And I'm sure all our listeners are glad to hear um, that the manse is a thriving place to live. And I thank you for having me. I truly appreciate being able to, to share some of that information that's been borrowed inside yeah. that maybe only family knew, but now the stuff the community knows. Oh, thank you so much. Well, that was a wonderful conversation uh, with Daryl Lumpkins. Kristen, I, I really enjoyed hearing, you know, as we teased at the beginning of this segment, uh, his stories living on Chapel Street and seeing all the celebrities going in and out of the manse, uh, especially James Brown. That, that was pretty cool to hear. Yeah, the excitement um, that he has for living there, um, not only because he appreciates that it is a community and that he's very fortunate to live in a place that has friendly neighbors and all that, but also just the history of living um, in the area where, you know, King Records was just, just down the street and, and he's experienced that history and he was able to share that with us. So that was uh, really, I was very fortunate to get to meet him a few, few weeks ago, earlier in November, and uh, glad that he was uh, able to join me on the podcast. Yeah, that's it, it's fun to hear that, especially just have, after having the jazz and at the manse event uh, yeah. earlier in the month and seeing, you know, it come back to life as an old jazz club and just just knowing the history there is um, sitting amongst 
you know, these living or these legends that, that were there all those years ago. So very yeah. cool. He's looking forward to the next time that we bring music uh-huh. to the dance. So it's cool. a good idea. All right. Well, next up, we're going to talk more about positive aging uh, with president and CEO, Laura Lamb. And here's Brian's conversation with Laura. So I'm back here again this month with President and CEO, Laura Lamb. How are you, Laura? I am doing well. How about you? I'm fantastic. It's November (laughs) and Thanksgiving is right around the corner. And I know you love the holidays and this holiday. So what, what are you looking forward to this particular Thanksgiving? Two things. One is that I have a house full of family coming mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm the hostess with the mostest, right. but you know what I'm really looking forward to? What's that? Last year, they ate all of the breast meat and oh. I was not a happy camper. I actually no. got a little stingy. I got a little stingy, <laughs> Brian. Yeah. And so this year I'm a problem solver. Uh-huh. So I bought a 23 pound turkey oh my but wait uh, yeah well and they'll eat it all right but I also bought an eight and a half pound breast that will be cooked early and in the refrigerator so that when I want a turkey sandwich on yeah. Friday right we will have a stash <laughs> right I can't believe now when is this going to be recorded because I don't think I want everybody knowing that before the weekend right 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 it'll probably be released after the holiday okay good good the good. point I'll tell you and the funny the funny thing is the same exact thing came up in our family last year and we're doing the exact really? same thing so we're oh, similar problem solvers or you and my wife are similar problem yes problems. Well, and it's, it's terrible when you're hosting and then you, you feel this stinginess come on because it's, it's contrary to be being, you know, hospitable. So I'm like, I can't do this. Right. And showing (laughs) gratitude during the season. Exactly. Right. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. All those family problems are very common across, (laughs) across uh, the country, I'm sure. So, uh, so I think we've got a, a good meaty topic for this month that um, you did a wonderful presentation down at Louisville at, at St. Francis in the Fields that we both worked on together um, uh, last month. And I thought it would be a good um, topic for our listeners um, because it really gets to the core of, of who we are as an organization. And, and I think that the information that you presented would be really helpful, at least at a high level in this, this format. So in that topic is positive aging for seniors and in preparing for aging. And uh, so I, I guess I wanted to start out and, and you know, you, you've done a lot of speaking about older adults over the years. So why is this topic about positive aging and preparation so important to you? Well, I, it, for many reasons, one, it's, um, you know, as what, what we do for a living, Brian, how many times have we, um, been invited into a family situation and felt like, oh, there was so much more that we could do if we were just involved sooner. So that's, that's one reason is just seeing, and then also seeing the contrast of people that 
do plan and come with us early and how much they enjoy life. Right. And um, candidly having aging family members myself. So for the, for mm-hmm. both reasons, kind of seeing what happens when you do not plan and you wait until a crisis um, in my family and with residents that we serve. And then contrasting that with, um, you know, a, a famous um, ERS uh, board member and resident, Chet Cavalier said, when I introduced myself after moving into Dupree House, he said, Laura, I looked outside and I had eight hours of yard work to do and only four hours of energy. (laughs) (laughs) And that stuck with me. That has stuck with me for, you know, 20, 20 plus years. Right. Working at ERS. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been on both sides of the the aisle. I've, you know, I had a parent that health Mm -hmm. declined very quickly. And then you're wondering what to do, even with all the great resources that I definitely were very helpful around here, but it's still challenging and and can be a little overwhelming if you haven't planned or Mm -hmm. to the other frequent uh, side of the matter is those that have planned. And, you know, we've talked about my mom before and how much benefit she's getting out of it. So I I confer with exactly what you're saying. So, so just starting out, how, how can people succeed in, in their journey for positive aging? Well, um, you, I think it's a great question. And as you know, that's kind of where we start our presentation that we offer to, mm-hmm. you know, groups and churches. And, you know, we, we um, one of the slides um, talks about that specifically, that, you know, in order to succeed in this, um, you have to do some things up front. And the number one thing is, you know, we're, start earlier than you think you need, you need to, right? right? Because to your point, we don't have a crystal ball and we don't know when there is going to be a health challenge. So the earlier you start, frankly, the better. I mean, we, we've also, you and I've joked over the years that sometimes the best plan is the plan that you don't have to implement for a while, right? right. So do the work, do the heavy lifting, have it there so that when you need it, um, whenever you need it, it's there. Um, another critical thing to do is to make sure you're involving, you know, the family. So, you know, if Mm -hmm. we're talking to a group of people that are older adults, we encourage them to involve their children. But if we're talking to the children, we caution them, don't create a parent, a plan for your parent and not include them. So it has to be, um, a dialogue. Um, and it often, because families are complicated and Mm -hmm. you and I've shared, you know, stories about that as well, is that um, to be successful, you have to know going into it, there are going to be more times than not difficult conversations. There might be family members that disagree. There might be financial constraints. There might be, um, you know, a house that you've lived in for your entire marriage that has a lot of things that need to be Uh, you know, thought about what you're going to do with them and logistics and that all takes time. So Mm -hmm. again, you you start, you know, I'm ending where I just started with, which is that's why you need to start early. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think it's those difficult conversations because everybody has a perspective and, and it can get very emotional. So to have that dialogue is so important. So, so, um, you know, as you talked about, there is this presentation that, that, you know, and, and I mentioned at the top that there is this presentation that we've given 
uh, out at churches and um, and is available for for all those that listen if they want yeah. uh, Laura or, or someone from our group to come make a presentation we we'd love to do that but Absolutely. what are the, I, I think you you've broken this down into three strategies uh, right. that really should follow to give some guidance to folks. Can you talk about those a little bit at a high level? Sure, sure. So the three strategies, and this is just the way my brain works, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. um, it's a daunting task. So, uh, you know, I've used this when I've worked with families within ERS, I've used it with my own family Mm -hmm. and friends. And that is, I break it down to let's, let's talk about the logistics. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about the money. Mm -hmm. And then let's talk about what matters most. So the logistics is what I usually recommend people start with Mm -hmm. because that's less controversial, right? Right. (laughs) That's the emergency phone numbers, the medical information, the, you know, your passwords, your legal, your financial, your insurance information, Mm -hmm. you know, God forbid, if something happens, you know, what's, how how do we get access to cars, alarms, combination, safety deposit, pox, keys, all that. And, you know, we've created a really nice guide that walks people through that, that again, Mm -hmm. is something that we would make available to anybody that wants it. Um, we refer to it as our estate organizer that has pages that walk you through all those logistics as we call them. So that's really step one. Step two is understanding your, the financial realities of your situation mm-hmm. and then put that up against kind of what that financial situation um, affords you in terms of living options in the future. So this section of the presentation and our talks and how we work with folks is just, again, to document the financial status that we're in, Mm -hmm. that the person is in, and then line that up with kind of, um, what the cost of care is. So, you know, know, people typically have the choice of staying at home or moving to, a setting that provides some or more care. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a cost associated with that. And there's an an eligibility um, related to that. So, um, you know, we walk them through, you know, what is the, what is the difference between home care versus residential? What's the difference between you know, what, how do you qualify for affordable living versus a CCRC, as an example? Right. Within a retirement community, what is a typical rent for independent assisted memory care and nursing mm-hmm. facility? And oh, by the way, um, you know, what, what do those levels of care mean and, and cover? Right. So that, that's what I call the financial kind of money matters or financial affairs section. Right. Um, and again, we give them tips. And of course, you know, because we do provide mm-hmm. um, a geriatric care management program because we have affordable living in our retirement communities uh, in the presentation, we we talk about, you know, in general, but then even more, a little bit more specific um, about the services that we offer. Yeah. Well, and I think it's also important to kind of go through the pros and cons of each of those living environments, whether it's moving into a continuing care retirement community, as you mentioned, or staying at home, there's definitely um, some things that are really good about each of those situations and some things that can really make challenges. So understanding in scenario planning, I think is always really. Yeah. 
Well, and Brian, um, that takes me to the third section, which is what matters most. So yeah. I think you're, you're talking exactly that language is that there are pros and cons. And frankly, you know, there are pros and cons depending on, you know, who you're talking to or about, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe the way I visualize positive aging could mm -hmm. very well be different than your visualization of positive aging. So right. what does that mean? Um, well, you know, everyone, and I'll, I'll just use two members of my family. Um, my grandmother, you know, wanted to move into a retirement community because she was a very social person. Mm -hmm. And the thought of her living after my grandfather died alone in a house that in her words, were going to become a prison to her, um, you know, just was not what she wanted. So she ended up, she moved into a great retirement community in Florida, another leading age member, and she enjoyed living there, was very social, and then moved through the continuum. That was her kind of goal. But my, uh, um, my great, my, not her husband, but my, uh, on the other side of the family, my grandfather, mm -hmm. that just sounded like, um, where not where he wanted to be. He was not, it wasn't that he was not social. He just was more reserved. And right. the thought of, you know, starting over and meeting, uh, you know, new people, um, he didn't, he didn't want anything of that. He decided contrastly to stay in his home longer right. and till, till he needed skilled nursing care. Mm -hmm. And so he only went to re a retirement community community in the very last days of his life. But again, it's not right or wrong. It, there's pros and cons. Right. And both of them, if you ask them, would say they had a positive aging plan uh, right. because it was tailor made to what mattered most to them. Yep. Well, and I think at, at the end of the day, you know, as you're, you know, you and I are kind of in that cohort of an adult child, it's it's really making sure we're listening to our parents' wishes and Having those and understanding what matters most to them, you know, ultimately. So, is there any any piece of advice that you would have to a a, a child of a an aging adult? Uh, I would, um, and that is, it's their plan, right? So, as you talked about pros and cons, there are some plans that have more pluses for the kids, right? <laughs> You know, I, you know, and there's, there's some that have more minuses and right. those might be, you know, peace of mind. It might be financial. It might be, you know, closeness to, you know, accessibility for the children. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll get your turn. You'll get your plan because you're entitled to positive aging too. Right. But this is, this is your parents' plan. This is somebody else's plan. So I would just like to suggest that the greatest gift is a plan. It's knowing what your loved one wants and, you know, let's focus, let, you know, I think that that's my advice is focus on having a plan, even if it wouldn't be the plan that you would have created for your loved one, your spouse, you know, your, your mother or your father, you're going to get your turn, right? So <laughs> go ahead and create your plan too. But right. you and I have both said this because we've agreed with some elements of our family's plan, but sure. not all. But right. the gift is having the peace of mind that as a loved one, our jobs is to help carry out their plan, yeah. not our plan, their yeah. plan. Yeah. And that is a gift. That yeah. is 
such a gift. Yeah, and I, I would recommend highly, and I maybe you can comment on this as well. I, a number of years ago, I, we read and and had uh, Atul Gwande, who was the the the, the 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 author of the Being Mortal book, and, mm-hmm. and the insight into that. I think really, I think has probably helped us, even us, in our understanding of how, what matters most to older adults. And absolutely, absolutely, yeah, another so good resource. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Laura, thank you so much um, for joining us. Um, you know, again, this this presentation is available uh, at any time for churches or other groups. Uh, we, we call it positive aging and we have resources as well that um, people can take away from that. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, really appreciate well, of it. Of course, Brian. I really enjoyed being with you and happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, and we'll touch base right before uh, Christmas and the holidays. We're looking forward to it. Brian, it was so great to hear Laura's take on positive aging. Boy, that's a topic that we write a lot about on our blog, um, and it was great to hear her input um, on that same very pertinent topic for all of those listeners out there. Yeah, I, I really like hearing from her because she's been doing this for such a long time, which is, you know, advising families and helping families. And, you know, what I pull out of it is really plan, plan, plan and communicate and talk. And so I, I just really enjoyed hearing her perspective and that that wisdom that she has um, about positive aging, because we I think we all some somewhat think about aging as a difficult thing. But I think, again, just just the more you can plan, the more you can talk, the better the experience is. And we can all enjoy kind of those those later years in life. Definitely. I hear that as a, as a theme from our residents, um, mm-hmm. the ones that really um, tackle it head on and are very intentional about um, doing doing their best to, to age positively and also to communicate with their families. Absolutely. Well, that's it for this latest episode of the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. For more information about us, you can visit our website at episcopalretirement.com. We have lots of great content, including our Linkage online blog, resources to learn more about aging and the services we offer, and so much more. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube to see what's going on within ERS and our communities. If you have any questions or feedback for us, please email us at info at erslife.org. The Linkage Podcast is produced by Kristen Davenport and Brian Reynolds, and our technical director is Caroline Pergier. I'd like to thank our guests today, Daryl Lumpkins, and of course, a special thank you to President and CEO Laura Lamb for always being available uh, to us uh, to give great updates on ERS. On behalf of myself, Brian Reynolds, and Kristen Davenport, thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to our uh, podcast next month. Thanks so much, Kristen. You bet, Brian. Looking forward to it.